0: No purchase necessary.
1: Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media, so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are hitting the road to Wisconsin's rural woodlands to chat with Jamie Joe Wright. Jamie is a multi-award winning author with numerous bestsellers and has recently released her latest book, The Lost Boys at Barlow Theater.
0: Is that correct? <laughs> the Lost Boys at Barlow Theater.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so welcome. Very welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much for
0: having me. It's such a pleasure to be here and invite you to Wisconsin.
1: Yes, it's my first time and I'm so excited uh. about learning. Yeah, like about learning a little bit about you and of course where you live. So, Mm -hmm. could you share more about your hometown in discussing and what it's like living in the woods?
0: (laughs) Well, I love to live in the woods, I live in the middle of 40 acres, and I wake up in the morning, and very often we have white tailed deer in our backyard. Um, raccoons like to come up on my desk deck I even have an opossum that comes up to the patio door and waits for food at night and so I will put banana peels or or little oranges or something out for him and he's I I named him Floyd and so Floyd comes and visits and That's just fun of woodland creatures. I'm I'm, I'm the the veritable Snow White of of Wisconsin with all the little woodland creatures that come around, but my hometown isn't too far away, and um, it's a small town here in Wisconsin with a lot of history. It's actually the hometown of the Ringling Brothers, who are known for the Ringling Brothers Circus. And um, so we have a lot of circus history in our town. And that's actually what my book was based on too, is the theater that is in our local town and um, just so much history that you, you, it just, it oozes charm and circus and there's elephants all over and giraffes and it's just, it's just a fun place to live.
1: Yeah. And I can imagine that your place is just perfect for a writer as well. It
0: is. It is. It's perfect. And in the winter time, we'll get snowed in. We can't get out the driveway because we have so much snow. It's the best because then we're trapped here. And I just make coffee and I light candles and just hunker down in for a, a nice day of writing and, and working. And it's just it's a blessing. It really is a blessing.
1: Definitely. And I know you are a cat mom. Mm. Mm. I am.
0: I am. I have loved cats since I can remember. And um, my husband is allergic to cats. I think we were talking about the allergy issue earlier before we started recording, but he has been a trooper. He's, he's a nice guy and he lets me have my cats. Although I only have one cat inside and he lives downstairs in the office area. So he doesn't go into the main living area. So we kind of keep him away from daddy that way. But then my other cats are outside cats and then they get to roam and have fun during the day. And then at night they come in and I tuck them in for I tuck them into their beds at night so they're warm and they're safe because there's lots of creatures in the woodlands that come out at night. So they're always they're always tucked in safe and warm at night and have their food. And um, yeah, we, we collect
1: I collect stray cats. They just they show up here and they never leave. And uh, I relate very much with you. But as I don't have as much space as you yeah. have, I, I had to give my cats to my mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's happy and I'm happy that she's happy, you know,
0: but I mean, yeah, it's not a bad thing, though. My dad, my mom passed away two years ago and we had one um elderly cat that had been here. Her name was Maddie. She'd been with us for 12 years. And I said, Maddie, it's time for you to retire. And so we moved her to my dad's house and they are the best buds ever. She follows him all over. They watch TV together. They do puzzles together. They have lunch together. She comes out with him to the kitchen, and he makes his sandwich and gives her some lunch meat. It's just the greatest thing. And so my my one cat is happily retired with my
1: dad. <laughs> and it's good for your dad. Also. It is. It's so good.
0: That companionship is just you can't trade it for the world.
1: And Jamie, I'm curious. I have a question for you. Yeah. If you had to choose. One animal friend from the woods to be a sidekick, Mm -hmm. not cats, please. Which one, (laughs) which one would it be? And
0: well, I probably don't have a very popular answer because most people around here don't like possums, but I do love the opossum. They're considered, um, well, there are only marsupial here in here in Wisconsin, I think in the United States. But they are just. I mean, yes, they have a little bit of a rat tail, but they're just the cutest things, and they actually can be um, tamed fairly simply. I haven't done one. I haven't tamed one. I haven't tried, but I think it would probably be an, an opossum because they're just they're just the next best thing to a cat.
1: <laughs> oh, about it, I used to live in Florida, where we have many raccoons. For example, yes. But I was- Always scared about the way they move you know like, raccoons mean, can be mean
0: they can. opossums opossums i suppose can be but they don't tend to be super aggressive unless they had to but raccoons we've had a couple instances here where the raccoons have not been very friendly so
1: so a good choice <laughs> yeah i'll avoid the raccoons <laughs> And Jamie, uh, changing the subject, mm-hmm. what is sparked your interest in writing? Mm. I have loved stories since I was little.
0: Um, if my parents ever wanted to get me to be quiet, they just had to hand me a book of some sort. In fact, if you know how you you will, you know, you'll discipline your children, and you'll say you need to go to your room and you can't come out for the next hour. That was the best. I was so excited to be disciplined and sent to my room because that meant I could have an hour of free time to read. So my parents had to learn that they had to remove the books. And that was my punishment <laughs> when I was a child. Um, and then writing became something where I started getting, I didn't understand it, but I started getting discontent when I was about 0, 11 or 12, mm-hmm. that I would look for these specific stories and these specific books in the library, and I couldn't find them. And then I realized one day, and it sounds silly, but I actually realized the reason I couldn't find them was the stories lived in my head. They were in here, and they needed to be written. And so at 13, I wrote my first novel. It's absolutely dreadful horrible first novel, but I loved it. I loved every minute of it, and I haven't really stopped writing since, just because there's so many stories in my head. They've got to get out on paper.
1: Wow, starting in And how did you feel when you had your first published work?
0: It was very surreal. It was one of those moments where you dream of it happening, Mm -hmm. and that The day comes where the book arrives um, and the delivery man drops the box of books on your deck or your porch and you open it up and there's your book in actual printed form. And no kidding, you're in this moment of glory. And suddenly your child goes, mom, mom, I spilled the milk. It's all over the kitchen floor. And you're very quickly brought back to reality that yes it's a wonderful thing and it was so great to see stories but at the same time it was so funny because it was juxtaposed to real life and laundry and doing the dishes and all the things that you know still continue on in life but um it's been seeing my my words in writing has been an absolute blessing and 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 I think god has really blessed me in in seeing a dream come true because not everybody gets to see their dreams come true and each book I'm grateful for because I never know if it's going to be the last one. I mean, you just don't know, and and so it's just it's nice to see them continue. And it's it's such a, a joy to have readers want more. That's that's a big validation right there.
1: Exactly, it's wonderful. And also, I was uh, thinking, is uh, were you always into supernatural stories? <laughs> No.
0: no, no, I wasn't. I was into honestly. I read a lot of historicals and a lot of historical romance. Um, but growing up, I I also read a lot of mysteries, like Nancy Drew, and you know a lot of the famous mysteries that every child seems to grow up reading. Um, but I'll never forget. I was fifteen, and I read um, Jane Eyre. And then I read Wuthering Heights, and then I read um, Nathaniel Hawthorne's The House of Seven Gables, and the classics, the gothic literature really sparked something in me. Um, And it was just really super thrilling. And so when I started writing my own stories, I tried to have an element of suspense and mystery, but it wasn't until I was really embarking on my publication journey that I started going, hmm... I want to marry the old time gothic feel with that concept of if walls could speak, you know, what, what, what would haunt us if walls could speak and getting those different perspectives, but not doing it in a horror or gory way, but one of those old time Edgar Allan Poe spooky ways, which is just, just fun. So I've kind of grown into it and now I love it. I just love it.
1: That's chumbacasino.com. No
0: purchase necessary. BTW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh,
1: I'm so scared of. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) And can you tell us more, a little bit more about your latest book, please? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So my latest book is titled The Lost Boys of Barlow Theater. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, it's based on an actual theater in my hometown that was built by Al Ringling, who was one of the Ringling Brothers from the Ringling Brothers Circus. And um, it's a beautiful um, French-inspired theater that on the outside does not look all that magnificent. But once you're in the inside, everything is gold gilded. And there's there's um, cherubs um, hand-painted on the domed ceilings. And it's just a rich red velvet everywhere. And you know, it's just what you picture a theater to be. And there's, there's rumors and legends of hauntings around our local lore. And I got to thinking that would just make a wonderful background. I mean, who doesn't love a haunted theater? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that concept's not new, but it was, it was fun to take some of the local more Midwestern Wisconsin type ghost story lore And put that into a book so it wasn't the traditional phantom of the opera style, but more what would happen if you had a beautiful theater in the middle of Wisconsin, and some boys go inside to explore it, and they're on a mission to find something specific, and they just never come out. Oh, tell me it. Where, did they, where did they go? What happened? And that's actually one of the ghost stories um, in town, that there was a group of boys in the early 1900s that went into the local theater and got lost in the ductwork and the, the hollows of the walls because it is kind of a maze being a theater. And they never came out. So to this day, if you go there at night, they say you can hear them clinking on the plumbing and knocking on the walls, wanting to find their way out. I've never experienced that.
1: <laughs> but it
0: was fun to write a story about. It was fun to take elements of those and write a story. And one of the things that I love to do with my stories too, and it, it actually makes it harder to write. Um, but I love to bring in that ghostly element and then toward the end of the book start saying, Oh, what if there's a human explanation for this? What if it's not a ghost? What if somebody's behind all of this? So it's really fun to kind of do that twist it's 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 a lot easier to just say oh it's a ghost um it's a lot harder to say maybe there's something more nefarious going on than just a haunted spirit
1: mm-hmm. and your your readers will be like imagining if mm-hmm. it's real or, mm-hmm. it's or
0: fake like- and maybe not all the questions get answered either because sometimes you have to leave certain things to to hang and leave you questioning. But I love writing the creepy, dark um, stories that you want to turn an extra light on at night. But at the same time, I love to leave my readers at the end of every story with not that doomsday feeling of horror, but actually with a spark of hope. I like to bring some hope out at the end of the story. Like, can hope come out of something haunted? Because I think the haunting in my stories is really a lot like us in life. Mm-hmm. You know, our souls are haunted by so much tragedy or experiences or trauma. And then you you go through life and you're like, can there, is there any spark of hope anywhere? And I like to parallel that in my stories with that same concept of haunted, but yet there is a spark of hope at the end of the story. So- that's kind of my goal with each book but doesn't mean it's not creepy
1: <laughs> i like it actually i i have to tell you i love hearing about these stories you know but mm-hmm. if i had to visit a place like this as you were you know but uh-huh. the theater, you know, for example i would never go i remember i, I we rented an airbnb once and mm-hmm neighbor said to me in the elevator you were saying the ghosted condo look at her like <laughs> you could see how scared I was and then she quickly reassured me that it yes. was just a joke but you mm-hmm. know you know um Jamie I ended up sleeping every day with all the lights on oh but I like reading you know about yes yes it's it's
0: totally different when it's in a book versus when you're going through it although I will say that I, I have gone camping in a ghost town in in Montana and um never I've never in my entire life in my entire life have I ever seen a ghost ever Um, But it's just so fun to put myself in places where you can imagine, right? And um, we were camping in this old ghost town that was known for, you know, a lot of the traditional Wild West shootouts and robberies and stagecoach robberies and things like that. And there was also um, uh, a story in the ghost town of um, some of the people that would just disappear. And most likely it was because they were going off into the wilderness to go hunting and they just didn't come back. But my son was with me. And what's really fun when you have a mom who writes ghost stories is she likes to tell ghost stories. And so we're sleeping and camping in this ghost town. And my son had to run outside of our camper and, and use the, the facilities. And he came running back and he was about 10 at the time. And he gets in the camper and he crawls into bed really fast because he was scared. And I said, did you see her? And he goes, what? What are you talking about? I said, the woman who watches over all the boys who've been taken from the town since the moment it was born. Mom, you need to stop, he said. And then in the middle of the night, it started raining and there was a branch that kept scraping the side of our trailer. And my son wakes me up. He goes, Mom. I think she's out there. I can hear her clawing on the trailer.
1: my kids. <laughs> I know. I've traumatized my children with ghost stories. Oh, my God. And, and Jamie, what are your long-term goals mm. as a writer?
0: As a writer? You know, well, one of them is just to keep writing stories. I, I love that and the privilege of being able to bring stories to readers that they can enjoy um, is such an honor and it's such a privilege that I, I guess my long-term goal is just to continue doing that. Um, and I, I don't necessarily have lofty goals in mind of you know massive bestseller lists, although I will say when it has happened my children and i have had some serious dance parties in our kitchen to celebrate so that's always fun but um i think really as a writer my goal is when you write a book and a reader picks up the book they've invited you not only into their home but also into their mind and their hearts as they read your stories and so my prayer with every story that i write is that There's something in the story that is very entertaining and satisfies all the need for story, but can also maybe touch a little something in their heart that helps them know that they're loved and that they're valued and that they were created for a purpose and they're needed in this world. Cause I think we need to hear that message so much these days. Um, and it doesn't matter who you are or where your background is from, um, you know, in the end, we're all just created to to be part of a family, and I, I want people to have that hope um, and that knowledge that that God is invested in each one of their lives and has a plan for them. And I think that's that's really my ultimate goal is to just have them see the purpose and the calling that is in their life. Um, and that God has great things planned for them so doesn't necessarily fit the concept of a thriller and a horror novel but you know I have missions in life too so
1: <laughs> yeah but it was beautiful what you said actually mm. I was going to ask you to leave a message for our listeners oh. but this was so so beautiful and spreading love is what we are here for I believe yeah.
0: Yeah, I believe we're here to spread love and to spread kindness. And we come from so many different walks in life. And I think there's so much division now and so much fear of offending that we've stopped communicating. And I do think there needs to be a very gentle, sensitive respect of where each person is coming from. But I don't think we should stop communicating Because once we do, then those walls are built and that's where danger comes in um, and we stop understanding each other or trying to understand. And it's okay to disagree. It's okay to not um, have the same opinion or the same background. Um, And it's okay to have good, fun, healthy arguments or debates, right? Um, I think that's what builds a community, but so much of it needs to be built in love and respect for the other person and i think when we start viewing each other through the eyes of the creator through the eyes of god who created them um, we no longer see just the imperfections or the things that we don't like we start seeing that he took his time to create value in this one person and every nuance of this person was created for a reason and if God put that much love into this person, how much love should we owe them ourselves? And so, regardless of splits, cultures, differences, um, ethical differences, um, there's a there's a necessity to reach out to each other and to learn and to be part of a community. So, I think story does that. Is it's kind of a neutral place that kind of
1: does that. this is basically our philosophy here Mm -hmm. in the this huge community that we created and the idea is that I don't need to agree with everything that my guests say but Mm -hmm. uh, it's important to listen and to be able to relate to them yes yes and that listening is so important because you learn
0: so much um, and and so often I find when I listen to people from different points of views or different cultures or different backgrounds, um, so often I start understanding that there's a much bigger world than the little woods that I'm from, right? My little woods is is really just a little woods with raccoons and possum and deer. Um, and there's a big wide world out there with people experiencing a lot of different things and some of them far more. Traumatic than what I'm experiencing, and some of them less so. But we all have something to offer each other, and I think it's just such a blessing to see that rainbow of creation. I just I love it.
1: You are such a beautiful soul. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so
0: much. I just it's been fun to chat and and talk life,
1: Jamie. The most important question now is where can people connect with you online
0: oh absolutely well i have a website it's jamiewritebooks.com. my name is spelled j-a-i-m-e which has a very distinct pronunciation in spanish i know that <laughs> um it's not pronounced jamie in spanish and i have some friends that 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 use the spanish pronunciation which is totally fine i like it yeah. um but it's uh jamie wright and Write is spelled w-r-i-g-h-t books.com um, and all my social media is there. You can sign up for my newsletter there. Um, I also have a podcast there. So if you want to listen to me chit chat with other authors and talk about everything from flowers and horses to um, Alzheimer's and just all kinds of strange, interesting topics. Um, we like to do that there too at Madeline Musings and um, just celebrate, celebrate each other. So yeah, you can find it all right at JamieWrightbooks.com.
1: Sounds great. And also, I will be putting all your contacts in our remarks. Have a beautiful holiday with your family. Oh, thank you. And come back maybe next year when you publish your next book. I would love to return. It would be a blessing and an honor. Dio, thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode... Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist, relating does. Until next time!